0: Greetings wonderful people, it's me Shimon, and you're listening to yet another tech podcast. It's been a while hasn't it? Well today I'm being joined by a great French house and new disco music producer, it's none other than Louis Laroche. We'll be discussing about how exactly music is produced, what's it like to release an album during a global pandemic and much much more. But before we go any further I'd like to thank each and every one of you for your immense support. I know 2020 really has been quite an unprecedented year and do not forget we are in this together. Okay, without any further ado, pull up your masks and let's get started. For those who might not know about you, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Okay, uh, so my real name is Brett Yule's. Uh, I'm 29 and I'm a music producer from the UK. Uh, I've been mainly making like house music and pop music for the last, I don't know, 12 years now. Um, and yeah, I my main name that I go under is Louis Laroche, which is French and... Uh, even though i'm not and I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm like the most english person you'll ever meet but uh yeah so yeah that that's what i do i mean i, I guess I, i'm a music producer but i'm also like a singer songwriter but mainly i'm a producer or a dj whatever you want to call me um there's so many names
0: now <laughs> so do you often get misrepresented as louis or yeah or was i the only dumb person who did that (laughs) no yeah
1: definitely definitely like all the time all the time like uh and i i get it because you know obviously it's like a you know a french name and everything and um and and the music that i make is obviously inspired by you know what the french guys were doing like 10 15 years ago so um But yeah, I mean, you know, I I can probably say about five French words.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that's about it. (laughs) That's interesting. So I found you out when I was like, this is about a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, I was going to my Discover Weekly uh, playlist on Spotify. And I came across your song called Cute, the cute song. Mm -hmm. That one. Mm -hmm. And then a few weeks later, I found out uh, which one was it? Damn, back to you the mm-hmm. the dub remix so yeah mm-hmm. that's how i uh i came in under your radar wow i'm not trying to butter you up over here but your music is really amazing i, I love it <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> talking about which like you decided to release an, a whole album during pandemic so was that plan or the pandemic just happened to you know just fall right over your plans
1: yeah pretty much it just happened like um so that album um it's called Saturday Night Griever and um I was working on it for like two or three years and I'd finally got to a point where I was happy with it it was good to go the artwork was done the whole album was mastered and ready to go and then um yeah the pandemic happened and it was at that point where so everything was already sent to, like, all the stores and, like, my distributor uh, ready to go. Um, I could have pulled the plug, but I decided not to. I just thought, well, it was, it was like, early March, so I didn't really, you know, none of us knew how big it was going to be. And um, so I just decided to go for it. I released it, and obviously like I can't tour or anything like that, which was, which was like a big, you know, sort of stab in the heart. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm still glad I did it. And, and I, I like the fact that, you know, people who people have discovered it, who may not of because of the pandemic. So, you know, like a lot of people were listening to Spotify and sort of discovering new music because, you know, they're working from home or whatever. So, um, in certain ways, it's helped, but in other ways, like not at all. So, um, yeah, I'm still I'm there's no like regret and I'm still glad I did it. But um, yeah, it's sort of it is what it is. Yeah,
0: <laughs> everybody's just rolling off right now because they have no idea how things are going to happen, or what's happening. Have you ever considered like doing some live stream of sorts, like a live concert? So as to say. On yeah and that's
1: that's partly why i've recently um upgraded my pc is because now i can stream <laughs> whereas <laughs> before like it's... i could stream but it would be a really bad stream like uh i i tried it i tried going on twitch and i tried like um you know just just playing some songs or um uh, maybe like uh writing songs like on camera and everything but um yeah, it just, it didn't seem to stream very well. And, and like, I had to really reduce the quality of the stream in order to, you know, my CPU not to go through the roof. So, oh, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's a good reason for, n- now I can, but I just need to get get <laughs> to grips with it. I mean, that, that's the good thing about the pandemic is that like live streaming before the pandemic had a bit of a, I don't know, like a bad rap and a bit of a... I don't know. Uh, People uh, thought it was cheesy. Or... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now it's like everyone's doing it. Like <laughs> literally everyone right now is
0: streaming. <laughs> <laughs> true, 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 true. So um consider, you know, thinking of doing a such live stream of sorts. Like do you have any timeline like okay, say 2-3 months down the line or a few weeks down the line I will do this or that. but Do you have any specific platform in mind like maybe YouTube? Twitch or just Instagram,
1: <laughs> who knows? Um, I don't know, I mean, I, I guess like, I mean, there's websites now where you can kind of like stream to multiple at the same time. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's a good thing. It's, it's like, I mean, I kind of look at it as like a music point of view that like, um, yeah, there's some people who are on Spotify, but then there's some people who pay for Apple Music every month and Deezer mm-hmm. and all the others. So if you kind of like exclude one, then you're missing out on potential people that could be <laughs> listening or watching you. So that that's how I see it, anyway. So I think if I if I do do it, which I, I'm pretty sure I will at some point, um, yeah, I'd like to do it like that, where you're kind of s- streaming over multiple f- platforms, like YouTube and Twitch and Instagram and all the other ones, uh, Facebook, <laughs> whoever, whoever else, <laughs> whoever will have me. <laughs> I, that's I'll do it. So yeah, yeah, no harm uh, in
0: including Facebook, although. I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I'm not on it anymore. Like Same. personally, like my my personal account I'm not I'm not on Facebook, but for Louis I kinda have to be, so yeah, it's cool. Like if people like Facebook, you know, I've nothing against them personally, but for me it's just like I don't there's it's lost all appeal for me now. Same. So I, yeah. So for me it's
0: only Twitter, Reddit, Instagram. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Um, and they're on Facebook. But it's only there to cross-check, like, okay, whose birthday it is. That's, that's the only thing I use it for. <laughs> pretty no, much. Pretty else. much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, let's talk about your album. You said you'll be working it, uh, working on it for the last, like, two, three years at this point? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, for those who are un- uninitiated about this whole process of, you know, creating music, I'm curious, like, how does it take multiple years? Like, some, some people might be having that conception in their mind, like, hey, making music is pretty easy, but I you don't. Know, it's difficult. It's not so easy. So could you please tell us how exactly everything comes up?
1: Okay, so typically um and I'm just talking like a typical song, like a typical day today. Mm-hmm. Um I kind of like wake up in the morning, have a shower, have breakfast, and then I'll I'll sit down where I am now in, in like I have a room in my house which is just like a a little makeshift studio. And um yeah, I I I literally Use the computer to make music. So I use a bit of software called FL Studio, which is a door, which is called a digital audio workstation. Which basically, um, I tell the computer what to what to do. Um, so mm-hmm. yes, I am making the music. But nowadays, like in the 21st century, the modern musician is basically a programmer. Like we're basically telling the computer what to do. Yeah, I you know I I have guitars and basses and synths and stuff, and I'll still play things into the computer but 90 percent of the work is done by the computer these days um so yeah the reason why they take so long could be anything from um just perfecting the song so uh you know I, i i might write a demo which is just some simple chords and a drum beat and maybe i have like a vocal idea that i'll just roughly put down and that might happen over, say, like two, two, three weeks that t- that I've got like a rough demo in place, and then it's about from there developing it into more of a polished song, getting a really good instrumental in place first. It, it, I mean, this is this is if I'm having a song that's meant for vocals, um, and then if there's any uh, collaborators that I want to work with. Um, Sort of reaching out to them, sending people different songs, different ideas. Sometimes they're finished songs, sometimes they're just like rough scratches of songs, like little ideas. And then, the the I mean, with this album, with Saturday Night Griever, every single song has got vocals on, and that's something that I wanted to do from the get go because my last album was all just pretty much instrumentals and um a few like little samples and pieces of vocal but mainly instrumental um so I wanted to do sort of the flip side of that and do something with vocals on every track so um yeah and then uh, I do something called comping which is when you get a singer to re-sing a line several times so say you've got the chorus they'll re-sing the chorus say 10 times and you record that whole time and then you basically pick the best of each take and you put it all together and you make a comp, a compilation of all the vocal takes. And that's how you get a really good vocal. Then I'll treat the vocal and make it sound good. And then I just send the song off to be mastered and, and that's it. Like that's that's pretty much the whole process of, um, of writing a song. But I guess the thing that takes the most amount of time is that collaboration or is the final parts of the song so just um polishing it up so but i I could write a song in in a day if i really wanted to but it, it wouldn't be up to the standard that i would like it to be it would just be an idea but um yeah so it just takes takes time and and i think if you're if you're writing towards something be it an ep or a single or an album especially with albums then it takes time because, I mean, for this album, I have wrote maybe anywhere from 50 to 70 songs. Wow. Um, yeah, and then it's just a case of which ones are good enough to sort of finalize and which ones um, aren't good enough for this particular project, so... Um, yeah but i mean if this is my this is my nine to five is this room you know <laughs> i i i just write music all day and then and then
0: put it out so <laughs> that's pretty interesting so uh like you mentioned again like i have ample of songs and then you like choose uh among them and then decide to put it in an album so you might be having songs say from previous album which, which didn't make the cut so does it ever happen mm-hmm. like you just come across the old track and like hmm maybe now i can use this does it happen?
1: Is yeah, it? definitely. Well, definitely. It do, it's it's rare, but it definitely does happen. Um, There was a song on this album, which was a, um instrumental from the last album, and I wrote it towards the end of the last album, like just before it came out. And I liked it, but at the time, I just felt like it didn't fit with those particular songs, so I sort of left it. And I didn't tour the last album, because I was sort of in the zone. And I think um, that's the funny thing with like creativity. And I, I don't know if other people in other sort of art jobs do this as well. But when you're sort of in the flow, you don't wanna like, you don't wanna stop because if you stop, then you don't know whether you're gonna have another big burst of creativity. So for me, I was really in the zone. So I decided not to tour and I went straight back into writing music again. And that song in particular, um was done uh like the instrumental was done like early 2017 and then obviously the album didn't come out until march this year so you know that song is like over three years old but um it went from a basic instrumental to a demo to a fully fledged song with a whole vocal on it and everything so yeah like they they kind of they take um they take different stages and like a journey. So um, a a song that I make today, that same song might sound completely different in even in like six months time, you know, they just change.
0: Yeah. So do you feel like whatever you are creating today might not sound good or worse as time passes by? Do Do you ever feel that butterflies in your stomach? Like, I want people to hear this, but they won't hear it for like x amount of time in future? definitely yeah
1: all the time all the time I mean I mean it's gotten to the point now where like I mean for for a fan of me or for a fan of everyone else anyone else like if I'm a fan of somebody else like um I I understand why fans like a particular sound of a particular band so let's say I don't know you like Radiohead or someone that you like the sound of a particular album but they then released another album, and you didn't like that sound, and you felt like they changed or whatever. Like I get, I get that because I do it with myself. Because I listen to a song that I made like ten years ago, and I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, it to me it sounds like amateurish or um, just cheap and not, you know, not something that I would make now. Mm-hmm. But I understand why people like it. You know, it doesn't go anywhere. It's still there. It's still up on Spotify or wherever. You can still listen to it. But for me, I kind of grow tired of it after a while. It's It's not that case with every song. There are some songs that I made 10 years ago that I still like. But certain songs, I feel, have sort of dated over time. So I... I do worry about that, even with songs I release now, you know, is a song that I put out today, is it still going to sound good in 10 years? Or is it going to sound like a product of its time, you know, kind of, oh, that's the 2020 sound, you know, (laughs) so, um, yeah, I try to be a little, a little kind of forward thinking and like future proof, but you never know, you know, people would probably say that about music in like the 80s that like, oh, it's not gonna, it's not gonna go anywhere from here. Like this is this is how music's gonna sound like forever. But it, it but it's not, and it always evolves and it always changes. So you kinda can't worry about it too much. So
0: I see. Yeah. So, although this is going to be difficult, but do you have a specific track which you really like from your album, Saturday Night favorite Is there any one specific track which is like, this is my favorite out of the bunch?
1: actually it kind of changes um every now and then um I really like Dive there's a song we did um I did with an American girl called Hetty, and um I really like that song um it, it I like it because it's simple it's not like over the top and it's not really technical but I just like the certain emotions that the song kind of gives off um I also like play along, which um, is the song from 2017. That you know, the oldest song on the album. Oh, this is the one you were talking
0: um, about. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I see. Um,
1: and I'm trying to think what others I really, really like. It's funny because um, um, a lot of them like they they mean certain things to me, but maybe not. Also, like the collaborate the collaboration and like the collaborator so um certain songs like i i wrote the lyrics and i um i got the singer to re-sing what i had come up with but then other songs i just gave them an instrumental and said can you write something to this and they they came up with the lyrics and the melody and all that kind of stuff so um so yeah so like um better for example which was the first single I I wrote all the um the lyrics and the vocal melody and then Lucy who was the um the collaborator she re sang my vocal and and put all these harmonies and everything in and made it sound really good so um yeah it's like knowing which songs to do that and which songs to be like okay like I've got a few ideas for this but like I I really want your input and I want to see what you bring to the table because what the ideas that they have and the ideas that I have are going to be like completely different. So, yeah. I see. So I recently
0: came to know, you're the one who sang in One Night. I'm like, wow, that's really amazing. <laughs> I, I really like One Night and Lights. Like are so simple, yet it sounds so mm. good. I, and it's a really great opening track for our album. I really like that one.
1: It's, it's funny because the lyrics for Lights really reflect the pandemic and that's not what we that's not what we had in mind (laughs) like um it was meant to be about um like venues closing because in the uk like in the last like 10 years something like half of all music venues and nightclubs have closed in 10 years oh is there a specific Um,
0: reason for
1: that um just i i guess like a number of of reasons one is like um uh like housing so Mm -hmm. a lot of houses and development are being built up around like nightclubs and then people complain because of the noise and then nightclubs close um for venues it's it's like um you know the youth don't go out as much as they used to and so you know um they kind of affect they're affected by that i mean there's a million different reasons but um yeah I i just wanted to um to, to write a song about it and um I thought it would make for a good because I had the title of Saturday Night Griever for quite a while you know I I liked the fact that it was like um obviously a nod to Saturday Night Fever but and and like disco but at the same time you know Saturday Night Griever is like you know morning Saturday nights because <laughs> people don't go out anymore so um yeah so but little did I know that the pandemic was going to happen and now those lyrics like they take on like a whole new meaning <laughs>
0: no i was like wow this fits so well <laughs> but i mean like i'm pretty sure he didn't do it in 2020 itself but oh, what a genius <laughs> yeah. i wish
1: i wish i did i wish they
0: did but i can't take
1: credit for that so yeah
0: <laughs> so uh talking about your album again you mentioned it uh started like two three years ago and then i recently read uh, the comments from spotify's ceo where he was mentioning how Artists should, you know, release music more often, like in a year or so. I know it's difficult, but still, uh, would you like to say, Nick, how would it be possible for you if you're forced to do it? I don't think you would enjoy it, but what's your
1: view on that no i i understand what he's saying Mm i i because because they obviously spotify is very driven by algorithms and and you know they need constant music to make these algorithms work well so i i I understand where he's coming from but at the same time it's like that completely goes against like that that that's literally quantity over quality and and you know if if you if you rush an album or you rush a single, then it's gonna sound bad because you're worrying about oh, I haven't put a song out this month or this year I need to put something out um so yeah, I'm kind of like two sides about it like it makes me mad because it's like well some of the some of the best albums like of all time like took took a few years to write, so you know it's like if, if they're all rushed you they wouldn't exist so um i mean i'm yeah, still but, waiting for uh,
0: daft punk's new album but uh, <laughs> it's been a long wait but let's see if at all. We'll yeah i mean
1: they, i mean they always take their time they they always have but mm-hmm. um uh yeah i mean they they kind of like take the piss a bit <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and it's always like 10 years in between albums and yeah. especially like um they did uh human after all which was like recorded in like six weeks or something and they (laughs) so it's like they could they could rush an album out if they wanted to but like they they like making us wait so
0: (laughs) if i had to ask like do you have any specific idols in terms of whose music you really adore or look up to as for inspiration or anything
1: Uh, so many so many um like old artists i guess like um although i was born in like 1990 i really like um I really resonate with the 80s for some reason. So uh, like I love like uh, Prince and Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder and, um, you know, all those kind of 80s guys and like Madonna and people. But then um, growing up, uh, especially in like the early 2000s, I was really inspired by like house music and, and that was such a big part of my childhood that um, a lot of the french guys but also the english guys were sort of big at that time so people like daft punk people like fat boy slim and uh basement jacks and uh the prodigy or uh, you know all these sort of like the i guess now they're like juggernauts of <laughs> of electronic music but um yeah so pretty, pretty much like i mean obviously like i like a lot of like really obscure sort of 80s funk music and stuff but there's something about those uh, big guys that's like really inspiring that um you know they can what they achieved and and the sounds and the sort of innovation and um yeah I just I've always been like inspired by those two things really just 80s funk and house music and I'd like to think that and I guess pop, but I like to think my music is just like a combination of all those things. So, yeah, <laughs> hopefully that shows.
0: <laughs> yeah, your sound literally is, like there's a certain sound signature to it, for the lack of a better word. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, I really like it. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thank you. So uh, let's take a little uh, diversion from music and let's talk a little bit about tech. So here's a traditional question I ask like everyone. So what's your daily driver? in the sense, like what, what phone do you use?
1: Okay. So I I have a iPhone 10, um, and I've kind of always been a bit of a, a bit of an iPhone kind of Mm -hmm. addict. (laughs) So, um, my first one was a, um, 3g, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, then I had a four, then I had a five, then I had a seven plus, and now I've got a 10. Um, and yeah like i mean apple kind of gets like a bit of a bad rap these days but i'm still i still like the simplicity of it and um yeah i'm sure there's a million other things <laughs> that you can do on other phones but um yeah i i just um there's something about the the design of it and the flow the workflow of it mm-hmm. um i just really like ios and likewise with mac os um you know i just like the sort of um yeah the simplicity of it and the ease of use and that everything's like linked to each other and Mm -hmm. it just makes your life so much simpler and you don't have to think about things whereas typically with like pcs you know i I hate like viruses and like pop-ups and all that kind of stuff and it just you know really annoys me um but I've never had, I've never had like an Android phone. So mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't really know what it's like to have an Android. So, um, Interesting. So pe- some, yeah. some
0: people really dive into the whole process of, you know, um, mm-hmm. comparing to ecosystems. And I'm like, listen, you try out whatever you want and whatever works for you is best for you. There is no fight in between. Like, no, one is better than the other. No, it doesn't work like
1: I think the the gap has closed a little as well. You know, um, the difference between an iPhone and the latest Samsung is just like, they're really not that different anymore. Yeah. They used to be, you know, like five, 10 years ago, True. you know, there was quite a big difference. But these days, like, they even look the same. <laughs> like, you you look at them and they're just like, you know, that little black mirror that looks at you and they're just like, they all look the same. They all act the same. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like you say, it's whatever you're you're used to, and um i I don't really think you know I think there's a place for everything in terms of in terms of that it's it's likewise with like like I say with like p c and Mac like there's certain software that tends to work better with Macs, mm-hmm. and then obviously there's you know programs made for Mac, but then equally there's programs that are great on Windows that run really well on windows, so um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like a snob with that kind of thing, and and I use both on the, every day. You know, I use Windows and I use you know um, I have like a, a MacBook as well, a a, a twenty fifteen MacBook Pro. So you know, I uh, there's a place for everything. So <laughs>
0: but are you aware that now there are foldables in the market, phone that are literally forced? yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw something, was it yesterday? Um, I saw something that blew my mind is that uh, there's some, uh, I think it's a Chinese company, that they've figured out how to put uh, the the front-facing camera like behind the the screen. screen. So
0: like, that's amazing. (laughs) That's so cool. So So, that's going to show up in 2021, and then it'll be mass-produced for some more headsets. So that's going to be interesting, seriously. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think there's still there's still like cool things that are coming out and there's still like innovation and there's still um I just think it's like it's happening at a slower rate now. Mm. Um I mean, you have to wait yeah. a little a little bit, you know, like it's like TVs, like we know <laughs> we know there's like four K and eight K 8K- K and you know, et cetera, et cetera. And there's all these different, you know, uh, LEDs and OLEDs and you know, all this kind of stuff, but it's like um, you know uh, price tag is such a thing, isn't it? There's like, True. you know, I'm sure we'd all love to have like an 8K TV, but it's like, you know, and people would it's still expensive. watch. It's People <laughs>
0: would still watch full HD content on it. So yeah, there's that. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I guess I guess that there's that as well. There's the limitation of the things that you use, so it doesn't really doesn't really make sense. that like you say, like an 8K TV, if you're just gonna watch, you know sd or hd stuff so yeah
0: (laughs) you got a new pc recently right
1: yeah 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 it's um the first time i've like got one built i've always just like had a pc out of the box you know and like notoriously always gone with mac and always gone with like macbooks or mac minis so yeah this is like the first time i was just like well because i looked at the new like macbook and it was okay but like for the price i was just like well i i could i could like have somebody build me one and it'd be better so um so yeah but i'm really i'm really happy with it it's it's uh yeah so much like a massive improvement from what i had before so
0: about the same because i was using like laptops before then i was like considering the pandemic and everything i usually get my laptops from us because it turns out to be cheaper Mm-hmm. So this time around, because of Corona and everything, I was like, okay, I'm going to build my own PC and it turned out to be pretty cheap and it's pretty powerful. So yeah, not complaining. <laughs> Whoa, what's the specs of your PC?
1: Okay, so um, it's an i9. So just an Intel i9. Mm-hmm. Uh, the RAM is 64. Nuts. Um what else did I go for? I'm trying to remember now it's got two s. s. d. s in it one is a two terabyte one is a like a five hundred terabyte no that's sorry five hundred gig <laughs> um and that's just got like um oh, windows TV. on yeah yeah, yeah, so to do, do a game though do I game? No, not really. Like <laughs> a little, but no, not really. Um, I've always been more of a console person. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> I, I'm sure this PC is like quite capable of <laughs> running some good games, but like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I like to separate it. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah
0: <laughs> makes sense because you want to have a separate working PC and then something to just lay back and enjoy.
1: Yeah, and I think it's so easy to like have your PC just become like unusable because you've got so much stuff on it especially like for what i do like music files are so big and they take up so much space it's like makes so much more sense to just have a whole ssd just for music stuff and then a whole ssd just for like running windows so it just runs so much quicker so yeah and i know games are quite big as well so (laughs) i you know i don't want to like add (laughs) add more stuff to it so
0: (laughs) you were mentioning about like you prefer gaming on consoles right so which console mm-hmm. do you
1: own personally well it's funny because i I'm, i've completely shot myself in the foot now because um <laughs> I, actually my my last console that i had was a ps3 oh, so yeah. uh, i completely skipped out ps4 but now Sick. i'm really looking forward to ps5 mm-hmm. and i think i'm definitely gonna buy one especially as now it's got like the backwards you know yeah, um yeah. you can play ps4 games Good. you know on a, on a ps5 so um yeah like i'm I'm just gonna catch up with like all the great <laughs> ps4 games on my ps5
0: yeah. <laughs> funny you mentioned that because just uh like five minutes before our call uh xbox released the prices for their next-gen consoles so mm-hmm. they play xbox series x and series s mm-hmm. i hate their naming scheme but that's what it is
1: what what do you think of the look it looks like pc the series X looks like a PC. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I thought it just looks like a like a well, it looks like two things. It looks like a walkie-talkie. Yeah, the, the um, smaller one it, looks like a
0: walkie-talkie. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: and it also looks like um, um, you know those like those port- portable like cooking things. <laughs> it looks like one of them. But I don't really understand what what that part is. Is that where the fan is? Because yeah, if that's yeah, where the that's fan good. is. It, like, if it's that big, it's going to be quite loud, right? Like yeah. <laughs> it's going to be loud. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know if I like that. Like, do you want a really loud console? Like, I mean, I that, that was
0: the thing which really uh, troubled the PS4 early in the generation because it used to, you know, ramp up the speeds of the fans really fast. Mm-hmm. But now with PS5, they're like, okay, we're going to take good measures. It's going to have good cooling. And it looks so tanky, in a manner of speaking. It looks yeah, really yeah. different it doesn't look like a console yeah,
1: oh, yeah. It's, it's interesting it was a clever move for xbox to you know release their pricing when they have and i feel like it's really shot like ps5 down because i mean obviously they can't really change the console at this point and i'm sure like there's loads of them in a factory somewhere so it's like <laughs> you know, whatever their pricing is, they're not going to be able to budge on it too much. So if it's too expensive, then obviously everyone's then going to buy an Xbox. But I suppose, like for me, it's always been about, the games you know yeah. it's like that like <clears throat> yeah okay one might look slightly better than the other one or one might be slightly cheaper than the other one but like if the games on the new xbox are rubbish then <laughs> like i'm not gonna get it you know I'm, exactly. i i've always liked playstation because of the games like they exactly. always have the games are a lot more interesting to me than Xbox games. That's what they did. Like, that's just me. Yeah,
0: I mean, same. I echo your sentiments as well. So, where Xbox fucked up real bad in the last generation was they priced it $100 exp- more expensive than the PS4. And then they tried to backtrack a lot, but yeah, they lost the war, essentially. This is interesting, because Series X is going to be way more power- like, It's going to be significantly powerful, but it's four ninety nine dollars So I wonder what's the price of PS5. But yeah, <laughs> there was going yeah. to be one hero game for Xbox, which is supposed to come at launch. Now it's not happening. It's called Halo Infinite. Did you see the memes around it? Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) They had to delay the whole game. Like, okay, we have no games at launch. It's kind of (laughs) embarrassing, Xbox, but I guess... I I also don't
1: understand why and they're both as guilty as each other that both PlayStation and Xbox aren't really showing much gameplay. Like, all of their trailers are just, like you know, not in-game footage. And it's just like, well, just show us what the games look like. That's all we care about. Yeah. We don't care about a fancy trailer. Just give us gameplay <laughs> and then we'll make our mind up which one we want to buy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, uh, Strange uh, I move.
0: Think last week or two weeks ago, PS5 showed some uh, gameplay footage, which was amazing because they were also showcasing the speeds of SSD. Like literally words were loading in a split second. That was really nice. And they have like, a, lot, a whole catalog of games at launch so that's what i love about playstation they have like exclusive games which are high quality and that's what you want in a gaming console and I'd have a good time
1: i mean it was interesting like looking back like with the last xbox that like you know the whole thing where they were kind of concentrating more on like films oh, that and, like le- like it, you know it tried to be like an all-in-one rather than a games console but that's what people buy them for they buy them for the games and then obviously you know having play- playstation 4 be the for the players which is pretty funny <laughs> um so it, it'd it be interesting if a similar thing happens this time around that if playstation 5 get you know really are just way too expensive then um I don't know whether it it will need a gimmick to bring people back. I
0: don't know. It has I mean, a lot of gimmicks, though, like the whole controller itself is amazing. For mm-hmm. Xbox, it's the literally same controller from One X and One S. But on PS5, oh, my God, they literally changed the whole controller itself. I,
1: I'm i really interested in um, the new sound thing. I don't really understand what the hell it is or what it does, but it sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So there was a beta test, which was leaked, where Sony asked to click a picture of your ear and then send it to them. Because they were doing some sound tech for their Tempest sound engine, which is interesting. They're like, just send it over, we will do the thing, we'll do the unicorn magic, and we will hear good sound.
1: I mean, that's one thing that Sony have always been good at, is sound. You know, that that's like one of their strengths. Like... Games and music have always been
0: Sony's strengths. Movies, less so. <laughs> 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 well, that's something which. Well, uh, Spider-Man Into the Verse. Did uh, Did you watch it? That was a good one, though. The whole, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. The whole animated one. But otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not great, are they? They're They're okay.
1: They're not like they're not terrible films, mm-hmm. but compared to you know some of the big guys, it's just like i i feel like they have too much control over their films like they you know they they try to rein it in and and make it all cost effective and you know spend as little money as they can and but it it never pays off but yeah into the spideyverse yeah that's
0: that's kind of the exception yeah (laughs) okay we will circle back movies real quick but um just wrapping up the console thingy so they're going to be two uh variants of ps5 one with the disk drive and one without the disk drive and of course uh the one which is diskless will be cheaper so personally which one would you opt for
1: i would probably still go for the one with the disk like i understand why people would go for the digital one but i don't know something about i mean i, I guess i'm old school but i like you know owning like the physical thing but also Um, And I noticed this with, like, um, I don't know if it's the same with the PS4, but especially with the PS3, if you uh, download a game, like, through the PlayStation Store or whatever, they could at any point just take it off the playstation store so you know um it's it's on my console but then when i click on it it says you know it doesn't exist anymore so i can't play it it's not you know it doesn't exist on the playstation store so somehow it doesn't exist on my console <laughs> even though i know it exists on my console because they downloaded it so i guess if you have a disc like it completely you know eliminates that so every single time you put your disc in your console and obviously you smash your disc like it's gonna it's gonna work every time so i mean i i guess that's what they want to do is that they're heading towards disc list and that there's never going to be any more discs anymore and that everything's going to be downloaded which i uh, you know kind of makes sense and everything's digital these days so but digital's not always better. Like, yes. I don't know. Like, Something about analogue stuff I, is really if, nice. Yeah, like, if it's, if, it, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, it's like... People thought that with music. People thought that, you know, in the 80s, that um, digital was the way to go and everything had to be digital. And so they, like, sold all that analogue gear and then all the analogue gear became really expensive because no one was making it anymore. And now we've got this weird hybrid of, like you know you have to buy vintage things which are analog in order to sound good (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like doesn't make any sense like there's a place for both so like I would I like take on board the fact that they have a digital and 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 a disc, you know, it, it makes sense to have both. So I kinda hope moving forward, maybe that they might keep that for like the PlayStation 6 and 7 or wherever they go. But um I mean that's like being optimistic, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure they are gonna go
0: digital, but yeah. So They're only like two sides of the same coin. One was the fact that once you have the um desk with you, you can set it off or rent it. There's like a recurring cost of sorts. Like, you can sell it off, buy another one. So that kind of bridges the gap of the price difference between the digital version and the physical version. And the second fact being, people were saying they might not be a PS6 because whole gaming is already in cloud. So Google offers something called Stadia. I'm not sure if you're aware mm-hmm. of it. So it's like a completely yeah, cloud gaming solution. All you need is a display, whether it's your phone, PC, or TV. Just hook up your controller and you can game so it's like xbox is already working on it and maybe playstation will do so who knows but we're not there yet it's like the technology
1: is there but nobody's internet is good like there's still a large portion of the world that's still on dial-up like (laughs) you know like like we're, we're nowhere near that point yet like i i get it the technology is there but no one's internet is that good like you just be a choppy experience and then it like ruins the game for you because you can't play the game that you want to play so uh, yeah like improve internet speeds and then maybe maybe we can have that conversation but right now like (laughs) this is like it's too it's too far away it's too far away
0: i try to do uh not a good experience although i don't have a shitty internet i have a pretty good one i'm like 200 mbps down and up i like still Mm -hmm. it wasn't working that well yeah
1: i mean you just need to have like one little dip and then it's like you know yeah exactly so yeah like again like it's one of those things where like you can you could provide it and i and i guess there's that tiny little percentage of people who probably got like absolutely amazing (laughs) internet that could play it but i just
0: feel like for the masses
1: it's not really suitable
0: so i mean the next generation will at least last for five years at least. So this will have time to catch up to the standards and all. All right. So let's wrap up gaming and let's talk a little bit about movies. So have you been watching any, say TV series or specific movies? the
1: pandemic uh i'm trying to think um i've just literally i'm like episode 2 in uh cobra kai i just started cobra kai yeah. uh what else have i been watching i'm all up to date with the boys <laughs> um so i've watched episode 1 2 and 3 of the boys um I'm trying to think what else what movies have i seen recently uh, i saw tenet i went to the cinema and saw and saw
0: tenet how was the experience I... going out to the theaters yeah, during a pandemic. yeah like
1: a- actually like it really surprised me so um they only like let a certain amount of people into like the main sort of foyer where you buy your tickets so there was only like 10 people allowed in that part so oh. that was cool um and obviously you have to like wear your mask like through all of that part and then you have someone like in the uk usually you buy your ticket and then you go go through to the you know main theater and then you sit down and you watch your film but they've put in like a system so somebody takes you to your seat now so they'll like walk you through and like show you where you need to sit um and then once you're sat you can take your mask off um and they they let it so you have to have like uh like per household you have to have like two seats in between you know so you're like socially distanced in there um but, in yeah, the same way when you leave, like the lights come up at the end of the film, and then they kind of get you to leave like row by row, so you can't just all go at the same time, um so yeah, like it was a you know, it's like a pleasant enough experience in it, and it made sense, but um but tenet, on the other hand, like <laughs> i I echo like what everyone else is saying that. You, you literally cannot understand what people are saying in that film. Like, I'm sure it's a really good film, but I could not hear anything that people were saying. <laughs> like, that's a problem with your film when you can't figure it out. Like,
0: <laughs> I would have loved to go to the theater than and watch, but uh, no. India is literally the second most country with the mm-hmm. highest number of cases. So yeah, I'm not risking that. I'm going to... <laughs> I'm a- just magically download it from the internet.
1: <laughs> I'm sure it'll be available. Like I that's that's another cool thing that I like. It I kinda is. like the Yeah. Well yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um but you know, I I kinda like the fact that lots of things are like, you know, um come into streaming services like straight away or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's cool. And um something that I, I saw like a few years ago that I kinda wish more Um, like big film companies did was um, Jurassic World did like Warner Brothers put on YouTube like a like a short it was about um, like 10 minutes long just a a small short that they did in between films and I kind of wish that more studios would do that that kind of thing just like a free little short that you can put on YouTube Um, it kind of like it's like an additional bit of like promotion for the next film because the next film isn't out yet and i kind of wish you know like the power of youtube like youtube's like you know massive everyone's got youtube everyone watches it so it just seems silly that more big like film production studios aren't doing it so i wish that kind of happened more but um but yeah i mean I, i don't think that film studios really have that much to worry about with the pandemic anyway because they make so much money so um, yeah it wouldn't take a lot for them to m- break even but yeah. mm. so like, <laughs> that's a whole other story
0: <laughs> like Disney Plus <laughs> recently released Mulan mm-hmm. and they are charging $30 on top of your current subscription so mm-hmm, like oh yeah, what yeah. is this and yeah. people are not liking the movie but what do you think and of it? Like, would Thirty dollars on top of your current subscription, just to watch. No,
1: definitely not, and especially as supposedly in um, in December, it's going to be free anyway. uh, Apparently, Uh yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's only you're paying like thirty dollars just to see it before everyone else does. So you might as well just wait till December. But yeah, I mean, I I echo what you say. Like, supposedly the films—I haven't seen it—but supposedly the film's not very good anyway. So, um.
0: <laughs> is there any specific movie which you're looking forward to?
1: Um, I'm intrigued by the new Batman, but um, but. I'm also slightly worried because supposedly they've only filmed like 25% of the film or something. And then obviously lockdown happened. And then they tried to start filming again and Robert Pattinson got coronavirus. And so it's like, it's kind of a bit doomed. And I'm amazed that they managed to make a trailer with 25% of the film like finished. Like, I mean, that, and it made sense. It made sense. The trailer made sense.
0: (laughs) It wasn't like a... Punch, punch, child but yeah it, it was cohesive and coherent so i like it. yeah yeah some people were like it's way too dark i'm like batman is supposed to be dark we were yeah expecting yeah. from the movie but yeah I,
1: I i like that they're they've gone back to basics and that they're finally doing it from like a detective point of view you know for me that's what batman's always been like you know he's the world's greatest detective or whatever like um and it's less about you know uh superhero-y stuff because i i kind of have a bit of superhero fatigue (laughs) like i like that's why i guess i like the boys is because they're kind of taking the piss out of every single thing to do with superheroes and it's quite you know it's funny to laugh at because it's it's so true everything in it um it's just become a bit of a cliche at the moment so um i i don't know how i feel about the new like marvel films that are supposed to be coming coming out like, like again everybody's sort
0: of... facing that marvel fatigue right now after the whole Thanos saga just ended up. everybody yeah. wants a bit of space like okay let us breathe now
1: yeah it felt like it all came to a nice end with a bow and you know yeah. now to to think about starting from scratch again and building up a whole story and universe again it just seems yeah I mean it, it it seems funny that the the first, um, like, return f- for Marvel is going to be Black Widow. It's, <laughs> like, someone who pretty much isn't a superhero. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm really not interested in a Black Widow film. Like, yeah, she's probably same. my least favourite character out of all, like, the
0: Avengers, but... <laughs> yeah. Same, but at the same time, the way she died in the movie was pretty lame. I'm like, huh. yeah. That was so
1: uh-huh. quick, and now, it, now we're going back to like a prequel. <laughs> yeah, we're going back
0: to see like what's happening. Yeah, there's that. Are you excited about the Snyder Cut for, of uh, Justice League?
1: Um, I sort of, but I, I mean, I didn't really like the original, so Same. I'm, I'm like, I mean, in, I'm intrigued to see what it, it will be like. Like, it might, it might be a completely different film, but I'm sure they're gonna keep most of the stuff that's in the other film. I, I just see it as more of a like an extended director's cut, you know, so there's probably like an extra half an hour, two hours, whatever, <laughs> added on top. Um but yeah, I mean I didn't really, really like the original, the original. So, one. so who
0: knows? Hmm. maybe it's good.
1: And and I'm not I'm not the biggest Zack Schneider fan <laughs> either. Like he's okay. Like but I'm I I, the last thing I probably liked that he did was like three hundred. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good one.
1: But yeah, I mean, DC have got it so wrong for so long, and and I really liked Joker. I thought Joker oh, was amazing, yes, and was amazing. I, amazing. and I really hope that they go down that yeah. route more. And um, I wish they'd stop trying to like uh, like copy Marvel and be like. like- be uh, like funny and you know the, the whole dark thing really works for them you know like Nolan Nolan's you know Dark Knight trilogy is like you know it's not they're not there's a little bit of comedy but for the most part they're pretty serious films so and they that works really well so I, I kind of hope that they continue what they started with Joker and they just do lots of serious adapt- adaptions of like you know and and do villains that we haven't seen before on yeah. the big screen you know there's so many good like villains in like in in the dc world that i'd love to see like i don't know like 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 a Clayface or oh, something yeah. That would, or that would be fun. yeah it'd be really cool yeah yeah, yeah. well we're getting <laughs> penguin
0: and riddler in the upcoming batman movie oh, that's going to be amazing
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and again taking it from a serious point of view you know like i love jim carrey but did anyone like his riddler (laughs) like he was just kind of playing himself yeah he was playing jim carrey
0: (laughs) just just like in the sonic movie He wasn't (laughs) playing Dr. Eggman, he was playing himself. (laughs) Like, I loved seeing him in
1: Sonic, and he is still funny and he's still great, but he's just Jim Carrey at this point.
0: (laughs) I mean, the whole Sonic movie, the whole phase of being so bad and then being redesigned Mm. for something which was better than I expected. I I had my expectations Mm. so low. When I watched the movie, I was like, oh, this is not bad. (laughs) This is watching, this is fine.
1: I, I'm kind of slightly worried that that might be the future of things now that, uh, you know, certain things leak with films or maybe a film studio purposely puts stuff out there early I'm to then see sure. what the audience thinks exactly. and then change it, you know. I think
0: it, that was a purposeful uh, move from then because if you see, uh, I was checking out some uh, behind the scenes footage for the movie. They already had the redesigned Sonic um, figure while shooting the movie. I'm like, hmm. So this was a marketing move. <laughs> they released a mm-hmm. the whole trailer with like shitty Sonic, and then like, okay, we're going to work hard <laughs> and then redesign the yeah. Sonic again. Yeah. It worked for them, at least though the means. It did, but
1: yeah, I I am I am worried that it will become a trend, and and something like that can go so wrong because (laughs) like it went okay for them, but imagine if people completely boycotted the film because they, you know, even if they changed it and they just completely boycotted it, uh, you know, it wouldn't have been good financially, but you know, yeah, so slightly worrying. (laughs) (laughs) All right,
0: let's take a quick coffee break. Talking about which, now you can literally buy me one. Yeah, just check out the link in the description. Not only can you support the podcast, but also opt for a membership which provides additional benefits. What kind of benefits, you might ask? Well, you get access to a members-only discord where we can game together with like-minded individuals. You might even recognize some familiar faces out there. You'll also get extra members-only content and you get to suggest guests and topics. And it's an ever-growing list of benefits. So if you like what you hear, just head over to buymeacoffee.com slash YATP. Yeah, it's that simple. Pick your poison and voila, you're done. And now that the coffee break is over, let's resume with the episode. All right. So uh, pivoting from movies and TV shows, let's go back to music production and everything. So, okay. Say uh, if there's someone who, you know, wants to start into the whole realm of music production, how can the person really start from ground up from scratch?
1: yeah i i would say um i would say maybe like download like a demo of something because there's there's lots of free demos that you can download of um digital audio workstations. so uh off the top of my head there's like uh cubase and logic and um ableton fl studio all these other different doors and a lot of them have like i say free demos that you can download so they might have like a Um, like a trial on them so it might be like a 30 day trial or something like that and then you have to buy like the full thing so I would say if you're if you're not not into music production but you're intrigued by it and you want to give it a go download a trial play around with it for those 30 days see how you get on if if you're confused by the whole thing and you don't know what the hell you're doing maybe give another one a go but to be honest like the best advice i can give is like not to read a manual <laughs> because uh, it will just confuse the hell out of you and you'll get so much more out of it if you just you know click lots of buttons and see what this does and see what that does because you can't you can't go wrong you can't um you know if it if it all goes really weird then you can just close it and open it again and it will go back to how it was before so um yeah so I would say do that and just you know play around and see how far you get and if you if you like a certain one then buy the whole thing or um and I and I I didn't say this but <laughs> you could obviously download a, a crack and a and a <laughs> you know a legal copy yeah. which is to be fair and I should talk about this is um I I did it you know I when I was a kid you know I I um I had an early copy of FL Studio and I downloaded the, like a legal version of it and I used it for a few years and um, I did um, a video with um, a magazine called Future Music and it's when I like talking through what I'm doing and someone at FL Studio saw that I had a, a legal version of their software and rather than getting in touch and saying, hey you should be paying for (laughs) you know uh, for our program they were really cool about it and said here's uh you know free lifetime uh upgrades so I was like wow this is amazing (laughs) so uh you know that's that's a cool way to look at it and now I'm you know I'm I like them even more so for doing that and you know I I always sing their praises and you know they they're a good company in my books. so um yeah I'm I always try and, you know, recruit recruit people on board, even though even though I, I didn't buy it myself. But um, yeah.
0: Well, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about the whole process of creating music, say you just start with the melodies and then you go and play around at FL Studio and, you know, you get the vocals, mix and match everything. Then you mentioned that you give it to someone to master the whole project. So what does mastering mean for someone who doesn't know?
1: so mastering is like the final stage of the song so the song is finished and it's basically getting the best out of the finished song so um for example making sure it's as loud as it could be before like distortion like digital distortion Mm -hmm. um making sure that it's not too bassy or too trebly uh uh like the stereo width so making sure that it's as wide as it could be um without you know sounding weird um just like i guess like corrections and almost like a checklist and you're kind of ticking things off and um making sure that it's it's uh i guess like up to standard with every other song out there so uh when i if you were to play one of my songs next to somebody else on spotify they'd be treated in the same way in terms of um quality i guess so um sometimes i master things myself and and i uh, i know a little bit about mastering so you know um i'm lucky enough to be able to do some of it myself but Uh, sometimes it's just better to, you know, hand it over to someone else who really knows what they're doing. And um, they'll make it sound really crisp and really nice. So yeah, that's, that's mastering.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I see. So suppose you have like, you choose like, okay, 11 songs for Saturday Night Grieve, and then you decide, okay, I'm going to, you know, release the album, Uh, what are the steps and processes that goes through the up till the release of the album, in the sense, like, okay, I have these songs, what do I do next?
1: Okay, so once it's been mastered, because that's usually what happens, like, you know, I, I have the songs that I, I think will be the... Well, I suppose before that, it might be a track list. So I might be like, okay, um, so if I really go back and I say, like, I've got 70 songs, which ones of these 70 are going to be the final songs? So you whittle it down to like 20 and then 20 to 11 or however many you want the final piece to be. Um, then you decide on the track list. So, you know, what's going to be the opening song? What's going to be track two, track three, etc.? Um, then it goes to mastering. So, you know, makes it sound really good. Um, then it's typically like artwork. So, what is the cover of the album or the single or the EP? Um, sometimes that takes a little bit of time. So, you might be doing other things while that's happening. Um, Then at some stage, um, you're going to want to submit it to a distributor and the distributor um, basically puts it in stores. So uh, they'll put it on Apple Music, Spotify, Deezer, all the other ones out there. Um, Depending on your distributor, certain ones will get you in physical stores. So, you know, if there's a, a music shop or whatever down your street, then they'll, if you have like vinyl or cd like if you uh you know have copies of them um i mean that's a whole thing in itself because you'd have to like contact like like a vinyl uh like pressing plant to press vinyl and things like that um and then uh after that it's it's things like um sorting out like the pr side of it so how are you going to promote the album how are you going to market the album um the strange thing now is that, and I guess the difference between uh, like an artist and a musician today and an artist and a musician even like 15 years ago is that now you're kind of expected to be everything in one. So you're kind of expected to be, uh, to know about editing video, to know about graphic design, to know about marketing and promotion. And, you know, you're, you're 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 almost like a business now. You're like a record label because traditionally a record label would do all these things for you. You know, you'd sign on the dotted line and they would do all these things, but ultimately you'd still be paying for it. They would just pay for it up front and then take the money back from your sales of your record. But now, um, and especially because so many musicians these days are starting up their own record labels um you're kind of expected to to do it all so um a record label really is um sort of like somewhere to do all of that for you so um they will pay for your music video they will put your song up on um you know all the distributors they will um you know, do the pay someone to do artwork for you, they will, you know, all this kind of stuff, they're almost like a management company in a way, but they're more the music business side of things. So, and some people still prefer that some people like to do all the creative stuff and not think about the business side of things. Um, But I just think it's becoming harder and harder to do that these days, especially because of like, um, you know, places like Instagram, where, Uh, you know you you have to think about your image a bit more you have to think about you know how you want to be shown to like the rest of the world and um and these days like they say like the cliche of content is king and you know like you have to constantly be thinking about new ways to get people's attention and um yeah it's like the wild west out there because you're this everyone's like screaming at you like you know buy my music stream me and it's like you know you're fighting against all these different people um and i guess um the big guys you know like the the top 40 artists are the ones that obviously sign you know million dollar if not more record deals with you know the the big uh, major labels and the major labels have obviously obviously got a lot of money that they can spend on promotion and marketing and they can get it to more people um plus obviously a, a lot of them own uh shares in some of the big companies like spotify you know um like warner and i think sony own certain parts of spotify so you know it's in there they almost have like a a one up in terms of um, you know getting their music out there. so, yeah, it's it's um it's still it's still a fight and it's still a competition and it's still a battle, but um, yeah, in terms of the process, it's pretty much the same as it's always been. It's just that you're doing it now rather than somebody else. so so yeah.
0: instead of like a <laughs> traditional part, like have you ever considered something offbeat? By offbeat, I mean like utilizing social media in the sense like memes maybe memes around say around you specifically or memes around some music mm-hmm. or doing mm-hmm. something across the brand which would like resonate with people and they're like curious hmm what's this about?
1: I, I uh, definitely and there are there are people that do that but I think um, it's sort of like a two-sided thing because i think if you rely too much on memes and uh and that side of things and going viral and being like internet famous then people will know you for that one thing or they'll know you for memes and not really care about the music i mean there's some people that you know i there's musicians that i follow on like instagram and i follow them because they post funny things or they're or they talk to the camera and i like what they have to say but i don't listen to them on spotify you know (laughs) so it's like it's, it, exactly, so it's like It's one of those things where how do you want to be known Do you want to be known for the music Or do you want to be known for memes Or do you want to try and Figure out the balance between the two And that's something that I'm Trying to do, but I I uh... How successful I am at it is is sort of <laughs> up to interpretation.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, one must always always try different things. And who knows what kind of Venn diagram intersects. And oh, you might get one or the other on both side of things. Definitely. Yeah. So I also remember reading somewhere that you were going to start a new alias. So mm-hmm. oh, what's that about? Uh, I guess
1: because I write a lot of music and uh, I feel like I'm... I have a bit of brand awareness with Louis and I know what Louis is and I know how Louis sounds and and what people like about Louis. Um, but uh, I still write a lot of other music that I feel like doesn't really fit in with that sound. And I don't want to alienate people by putting out music that they're not going to enjoy. So, but I know that there there is an audience for that particular sound. So um at some point probably next year at this point um i i have an idea for an alias that um i just want to do just on the side just as an output to to put this music out because if not it will just sit on my hard drive and it won't see the light of day you know and and i feel that it's good enough that certain people will like it just maybe not uh the fans and the fan base that I've built up, up until this point.
0: So, So, and that kind of gives you the perfect opportunity to, you know, experiment things. Hey, let me try this. Let me try that and just go crazy. Who knows?
1: Definitely. And, and there are definitely artists that can do that. There are artists that can mix things up every now and then, and, you know, change the genre, like, you know, drastically. But, um, yeah, I, I'm just conscious of not wanting to alienate people. I mean, I, I have done stuff that is, um, uh, is different. I mean, I started out in house music and over time I've changed to like more disco stuff to, uh, more pop stuff. So it's not like my sound has, um, hasn't changed because it has, but, Um, I feel like it's in a way where it's kind of done tastefully or isn't too far removed from where I started. Whereas some of the music that I'm talking about that, you know, I want to put out um, is a lot more experimental and a lot more, uh, a lot less approachable and more, yeah, just complex. And And I know that there's some people that don't like that kind of stuff and like, a bit more, you know, um, middle of the road, more um, uh, traditional music, I guess. So,
0: yeah. If I had to ask, like, is there a certain genre of music which you haven't touched yet? Or you feel like, hey, how about I try this genre of music? And do you have, like, any certain, like, inclinations towards something?
1: Uh, it kind of changes all the time. <laughs> I mean, I I've written some stuff that's, like, uh, like sounds like a film score I've written some stuff that's um sounds like it could be in like a video game I've written some stuff that's like ambient um sometimes it's more like aggressive sort of dance music sometimes it's more chilled out stuff um I think um something I've always la- wanted to do um but haven't really done is um Uh, like more of a live thing in terms of like having an actual band but uh it's just so much effort to to do that and to you know not only to like find people that you trust but um I'm quite I'm quite protective with my music like obviously I I, you know I collaborate with people and I I like collaborating with people but um in terms of like ideas like I'm I'm quite (laughs) quite controlling with like how how i like my music and how i want my music to be so it would be trying to find people that are okay with that you know people that the drummer's okay with playing a drum pattern that i tell him to play mm-hmm. rather than you know giving me ideas about <laughs> you know drum beats <laughs> um or, or, or likewise like a bass player who oh maybe we should play this line like this and like trust me enough to to know um you know how something should sound um but i mean that's just me so but yeah other than that like i say um uh, i'm getting more and more into like film stuff and and so i would quite like to one day um you know do something for some sort of visual piece and uh, whether it be a short film or a film or a tv show or whatever um that that interests me and I think especially as in more recent years it's kind of got cooler and it's kind of got a bit more and I guess this is just due to trends a bit more electronic um you know all 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 like massive films these days um you know big blockbusters you know pretty much they're all pretty much done by you know someone like me who's just you know sat in a studio and experimenting and writing stuff on a computer and then at the very last minute those uh fake strings that they had on their computer they'll send the scores to an actual orchestra somewhere in London and they will replay what he played on the computer so it's really not that far away from what I do anyway but um and and there are like scores you know like uh stranger things for example where there's no you know orchestra it's all synthesizers and um you know um just a few guys sat down in front of a com- computer so um yeah and and that kind of intrigues me and i think um um there's lots of room for experimentation there because uh yeah there's like um uh just new new avenues to go down i think with with film scores it's it's opening up because it's always been very like traditional and like this is what a film score should sound like and now it's like okay you can do that and you can do that Hmm. and and yeah
0: have you ever considered like pitching uh your music to say a film or a game dev studio like hey how about you use my music i have some demos which you might like have you ever done that yeah
1: yeah definitely um it's something that um so traditionally that's what a publisher would do if you have a music publisher or publisher kind of shops your music out there to different places for placements of your music um but publishers are like very hard to come by and i still don't have one i'm i'm what they call self-published so um you know if, if that were to happen I would literally have to get in contact with um you know a film company or the, the music director of of a film or whatever um and ask him you know I've got some music whereas a publisher would do that for me and and would know certain contacts and certain people to to pitch it to um so that's something that I've always wanted was a publisher but it's just so hard to and and typically publishers like a big catalog of music so they say you should get like a publisher like 10 20 years into your career because then they've got like a catalog of music that they can pitch to places whereas if you you know you're only a year into your music career typically you haven't got that much music mm-hmm. so um yeah, I, I'm definitely interested, and I'm amazed when you know, like a Netflix show Shh. plays music from you know somebody that I, you know I follow or someone that I like. It's like amazing, like oh, they know who this person is. So, um, yeah, it's 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 almost like that has been the way, especially now with like you know, record sales aren't what they used to be, and obviously a lot of musicians make their their money elsewhere be it shows or um you know different things and i I, and i think um publishing and uh you know uh what they call sync licensing which is Mm -hmm. when you put your music to different films and tv um you know it it pays so much more than than streamer services ever do so um yeah it, it annoys me that like places like Spotify and Apple music pay so little. And especially as that, like their system that they have in place, it's not like if I get one stream, I get paid for that stream. It's like, it has to be a certain number of streams. Oh, and also, and also it's to do with like, um, it's to do with like the pot of money. So like with the streams that I get, it will go into a pot, but then the streams that I don't know, Someone huge like the weekend or something, his money goes into the same pot. So the money that I I'm getting and the money that they're getting is a mixture of mine and their money. So yeah, okay.
0: it's a very weird system. Very huh, weird. Inter- that's interesting. <laughs> okay mm-hmm. So if I, if I were to ask, what's the best way to support you guys? Like buying your music, streaming mean How? Like, what's the best thing which you would want for yourself?
1: um I guess like I mean I've I've never really been in 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 it for the fame or the or the money you know I I I just if somebody likes what I do then I'm happy you know if I've like impacted somebody with my music or if someone's a fan then great you know um so I guess for me just like you know anyone that Reaches out, or anyone that comes to a show, or anyone that listens to me, you know, on Spotify or whatever, then I, that's enough for me. Like, you know, as long as they have enough money to, you know, pay my rent, then I'm I'm cool. You know, I'm I don't need like bags and bags of money, and I I don't want it either. So, um, yeah, like, I I guess it depends on the individual, and different people get into the music industry for different reasons, but for me personally like yeah just all those things and and just um people that like what i do you know that's that's where i get enjoyment from if if someone says something or if somebody you know comments on something or whatever it's like that's enough mm-hmm. so yeah
0: i see so okay correct me if i'm wrong um ever after records is your record label mm-hmm Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's like considering it's your own record label, so it only looks after LLR or are there some other artists as well?
1: Yeah, so um, I started it in 2009 Mm -hmm. and um, up until maybe two years ago, it had just been my releases. So it was just a way for me to put out music. Um, But yeah, about two years ago, I decided, you know, I've got this platform in place I've got a system that works now it'd be stupid for me to not open up the doors to other people and music that I like and artists that I like so um yeah that's exactly what I did and I've started to slowly start to sign small artists that I like the sound of and um yeah like I, I I've I've kind of got used to that system now that i know what i'm doing when it's time to release a song so you know i'll do the promotion i'll do the marketing i'll you know um put your music in front of this person and that person because over the years i've like you know got a certain amount of contacts and um and have somewhat of a platform um i hate that word but somewhat somewhat of a platform, um, so you know why not use it? So that's that's basically um, that's basically what what I've started to do, and and I, I like that, and I think I'm gonna do more of that, and and sign more people because I've kind of I mean I'm 29, I'm no like I'm no spring chicken, but I'm I'm not I'm not old old. So <laughs> I kind of, but at the same time, you know, I started when I was 17, so I I know what it was like when you know, you felt like the world was against you and that you couldn't get your music out there and you wanted people to hear it. And especially now, I feel like it's more difficult than it's ever been to get your music heard. So if someone like me can, you know, help push it out to more people, then, uh, you know, if, if there's any help that I can do, then I feel like, you know, I'm, it's benefiting them. So, yeah, That's why not? <laughs> That's
0: great. So, has your music ever been, like, licensed for some advertisement? Like, say, a phone advertisement or a movie, not movie, but an ad, basically. So, has it been ever licensed
1: uh, for an ad? A- ads, yes. Movies, no. Um, it's been... I had a song, um, uh, 2011, called Gimme Gimme, and that was um, used in a... I think it was a Korean beer ad um <laughs> which was quite funny. Okay. I think it's on YouTube somewhere. Um and yeah, I, I can't remember what it was called. It might be called like Caspier Spear. Um and uh yeah, so a bit just little things like that. Um also like, you know, even like um small businesses will like get in touch and be like, "Oh, I have uh I don't know a snowboarding company and I have a video where I've put your song to you know, can I get a license to use it for two years? And I'll just say, yeah, yeah, sure. And then, you know, um, all, all I ask is like, um, you know, how long is it going to be up for? What platforms is it going to be on? Is it just online? Are you going to put out a TV ad? Like, what are, you, what are you planning on doing it for? And then I just, you know, um, feel I have like a, you know, rough estimate of how how much I feel I should I should charge just for certain things and then just make up a a fee and, and charge them that that use for the song for however long they want it so um yeah it's it's um it's cool when that happens because it's like you know it's almost like you're making money from not doing anything because as a song has been out for however many years and somebody says oh I want to pay you for and it's always going to be more money than I'm going to make from you know it might be like six months or a year worth of streams of that song
0: so it's like you know (laughs) it's like win-win so so um when that usually happens do you like send them the whole finished song or do you like send them the stems or something like do they ever have specific requirements or it's like just give us the song we will do something out of it
1: usually it's just the song just like a um what they call the master which is Mm -hmm. like a um uh, like a high quality WAV file of the of the song. Um, sometimes it stems, but very rarely. Like it, it just depends what um, what they want to do it for and um, uh, yeah, like how they want to use it, I guess. But and and I noticed that there's a there's a trend recently in movie trailers where they'll um, take a famous song and then they'll like put an orchestra around like. The a cappella or something. Like mm-hmm. um like the Joker trailer. They used that the Nirvana song. Yeah, and yeah. so they've obviously used like the a cappella, maybe like the um the guitar line, but mm-hmm. then everything else around it, like the orchestra and the bass and the drums and everything else is like someone has composed that almost like a remix around around the song. So, um yeah. Uh, and that also happened with uh what was another good example? Um Oh, uh, Stranger Things uh, season three mm-hmm. was a uh, thriller, Michael Jackson. And someone had taken the acapella of that and and made, I think, because it was coming out in Halloween or something. So, you know, it's like a cool, a, a cool way of like breathing new life into a new song. And um, yeah, it's pretty yeah. creative.
0: I see. So uh, just a while ago, you were mentioning about, you know, doing different um, creative things, like doing videos or something. I recall you just put out a short film of sorts using Mm -hmm. all the recycled contents. That was really interesting. Could you please just explain a little bit what was it all about?
1: Yeah, so it's called Mosaic and it's a short film that's free on YouTube. So just type in Mosaic short film on YouTube and you'll find it. But um, essentially, all the music is, and I started the music first before the short film, They're essentially every single sound that you hear is a sample. So it's taken from a vinyl record. So, for example, the drums are t- taken from one song. The bass is taken from another song. The guitar is taken from another song, etc., etc. Um, which is a technique that's sort of like been done a million times over, like uh, DJ Shadow does it and like the Avalanches and people like that. Um, But what I thought would be interesting is to create a short film that all the images you see are also recycled as well. So uh, what I did was um, found certain websites where people would upload videos um, for free, that you can use uh, just you know in your projects or whatever like free of charge just completely free stock footage and a lot of it like really surprised me and like how amazing it was and like why aren't these people using it Um, you know why haven't they used it for something and uh, because if they didn't it would just sit there and no one would ever see it so uh, I started to think okay so here's a certain song that I made what would the visuals be for the song so uh for example let's say there's a there's a bit in the song that has like uh, tweeting birds like in the background like what would the visuals be for that would it be a tree would it be the sky would it be a bird like what what would the visual be um and I pretty much did that for every single song like looking at different stock footage looking listening to the songs and thinking what what does the pairing need to be and I think I've always thought you know I'm a big fan of cinema and films and I've always thought that um you know that the marriage between really strong visuals and great music together is like so powerful and um so yeah I just decided to do the short film and I started to edit it all together into one piece and it's like 25 minutes long I think um and uh yeah so I I just thought I'd put it out for free and put it on on YouTube for free I mean technically it's like an another album but I don't see it as that because the like I say the marriage between the music and the visual is so strong it's almost like they're meant to be together so um for that reason I haven't like put it out as an album it's just it's just a a short film so but yeah i'm really i'm really happy with it i'm really happy with the way it, it turned out so
0: so you said it's recycled uh, i mean by taking samples from different vinyls, even the vocals and everything is is being seen? everything
1: yeah yeah not wow. <laughs> not no, i try to nothing new has been added so I mean, no simps no There's like subtle effects but enough but again the effects are coming out of what was already there so um nothing new no I, I haven't written any music that's new it's just all manipulated audio so yeah a- everything is already done and i've, I've just put it all together well, pardon my french but that's <laughs> <laughs> it, it took a very long time like those because uh, those songs were basically a side thing that i was doing when i was writing this last album so like on the days that i i wasn't focusing on writing those songs for the album it was like oh okay wouldn't it be fun to like stick all these songs together and make something so i wasn't really taking it seriously and you know, i was just having fun with it it was only after in lockdown where i was like okay i'm bored now like the album's out <laughs> i need something to do so i just edited all this stock footage together and oh so and put this it the out, whole so.
0: project started this year itself
1: yeah 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 yeah. oh wow so the music the music was done before the music was done whilst i was writing the last album but in terms of the visual side it was all done under lockdown and i edited all the video to all the all the songs oh wow this Um, was a
0: one person job the whole thing yeah yeah yeah. yeah. damn that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) wow that that is really
1: good i felt like it it was um It's something that I hadn't seen before. Like, I'd I'd heard albums like that where people had taken different pieces and put it all together, but I hadn't seen a recycled film with the music. So that's why I did it, because I've just felt like, why hasn't this been done before? So, yeah. I've got got another idea as well that I might do one day, (laughs) which is to take... every sound from youtube videos so instead of vinyl instead of records youtube videos so it could be like people talking could be someone doing like a cover of a song on youtube could be someone's original song on youtube could be like um someone playing the drums imagine someone just playing the drums Mm -hmm. like and they've just put it up on youtube i could take those drums and then like rearrange it and make like a new drum beat out of the drums that they played, but that's like uh <laughs> that would take probably years, but that's another like pipe dream that I've had. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that would be interesting because um it's like if you see those twingy uh meme compilations, that's basically the same thing. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it would be pretty interesting to see. Do you have any other projects in the line? I did see that you have a new single coming out soon-ish.
1: Mm, yeah yeah so um i've got a single called uh, thank you which is coming out and basically in in like a long story short i haven't released uh any house music for quite a while like the last time i did was uh sleepless nights which was 2017 so it's been like a good three years or so and i haven't like put any house music out so um so yeah i i was like conscious of that and i wanted to put out uh something more for the club and more for djs and less for listener i mean it's still for the listeners but um (laughs) i mean it's just funny because like again it's the worst timing because obviously lockdown and coronavirus so you know djs can't play it in clubs but like we were saying earlier like so many people are streaming at the moment so uh including djs so um yeah i'm not i'm not too worried about it not being played in clubs i still think people will like it so um yeah and i've done a a really cool um a video to go with it too oh Um, nice now now it's like prep i'm just prepping now like like i said before like all the like different pieces of content and the artwork and all that kind of stuff so now it's like the the kind of boring bit before it actually comes out and then when it's released then it's like then you can relax
0: and you're like ah (laughs) so when it comes to like everything preparing from videos to like all the creative content around it so you do it all by yourself pretty much yeah
1: yeah Whoa. i mean sometimes i'll get other people involved but like 99 percent of the time i just do it myself damn you amazing um, <laughs> literally yeah, yeah but the thing is you kind of like you have to um you kind of have to learn these things on the job like i i didn't know how to edit video and i didn't know how to you know uh create some of these things but you just you just force yourself to learn and get software and uh look at youtube tutorials and you know you just kind of learn on the job because if if not and 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 the thing is like some of these things are more simple than people make out them to be like um and, and there's also parallels so like for example video editing software is very similar to music software yeah. in the sense of and actually um video editing software became Uh, existed before music software and a lot of the terms in music software are taken from video software so like copy copying and pasting and like um uh just like uh cutting and like transitions and uh effects and like they're all like it's the same terminology so um I kind of felt a little at home when I when I first started to edit video and stuff. So it just
0: seemed familiar somehow. I see. So <laughs> it might sound funny, but yeah, um, I edit music and podcast on video editor itself because it's convenient. It has everything I need because it's a NLE, it's a non-linear editor. So it's perfect for that thing. And I've got all the tools. I use DaVinci Resolve. So uh, what kind of video editor do you use?
1: Uh, I just use Final Cut Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, final cut pro for mosaic um and then certain pieces of um uh like content for like instagram and twitter and things like that um i'll use uh after effects um and sometimes photoshop for certain things and that's pretty much it like just those those three things um and yeah just use you know different sort of um uh like i say transitions and like color correction or um if it's after effects then it will just be like editing a piece of animation or you know making some text move or an image move um and yeah just like importing stuff from um photoshop into like after effects and things like that Mm -hmm. um and yeah, I just, like I say, I like learned, landed on the job. I, I I'm still not, I, I still wouldn't consider myself like, you know, I'm far from like a professional and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do if I had a job as like a, you know, video editor or, or something like that.
0: But I know enough to, you know, get by yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a quick question about Mosaic though. Um, how does the copyright thing work with such projects? like you're essentially something everything so
1: yeah so so obviously um the um the the visual side of things is is fine because like i say it's like free stock stock footage so um you know i'm not like i haven't taken any visuals that's like you know uh that you should pay for or anything like that it was all like free free stuff um but in terms of the music side, I mean, of course, like I've I've taken, you know, all these different bits from different records. So that's why I put it out for free, because, you know, I didn't want to be seen to be making money from it, because obviously, you know, um, I know what it would be like if someone took my stuff and and sampled it and put it on Spotify and, you know, made lots of money from it. So really, it was like more of like a passion project than anything. And just like you know um I want and that's that's why at the end of the film in the credits I, I've i put like my sources so where I got the stock footage from and every single artist that I sampled from the music point of view is in the credits because I just wanted to be like look you know um I, I know that obviously I I've taken from all these songs but I still wanted to give credit and be like you know um these are the people really behind the music and i just put it together so yeah i mean i'm sure from a legal point of view it probably is still breaking copyright but um but because i'm not making money from it i see like you know there's not really too much harm being done Mm -hmm. but I mean, I'm sure some other people would find, would
0: maybe disagree, but <laughs> but, but here we are. <laughs> like you mentioned, copyright issues and everything. Um, Has it ever happened with you, like, you find someone else using your music just, I mean, in quotes, illegally for something? Like, say, a um, YouTube video or something.
1: Okay, so I, I'm i kind of, um, there's kind of a... Uh, two ways of looking at it so you can an artist can uh have you know what they call content id i don't know if you've heard of that before yeah, but yeah. um it's essentially where uh if someone uploaded a youtube video and it, they used my music in it um the youtube sort of algorithm would pick up on that song and would made sure that when ads are put on the video a certain um a certain percentage of the uh you know revenue from the ad would go to me um but i i personally don't do that because i i feel like it's almost like free promotion if someone wants to use my music on youtube Mm -hmm. then you know if they want to make money from it fair enough like you know um i I don't want to like put a big barrier up and say like you know you can't use my music. It'd be the same with like Twitch. If there's a Twitch streamer and he wants to play my music on Twitch, go for it. Like, you know, I don't want to. I I don't want to stop people doing stuff. Um, but I kind of have a different outlook when it comes to something like Spotify. And it has thankfully it's only happened like one or two times. But there's been times where someone has taken like uh, an instrumental of mine and. Uh, put like a a rap over it and put it up on spotify as like as if it was their song and without crediting me and so and 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 if they did it if they did it the legal route so if they were like they contacted me and was like hey you know i like your instrumental and i want to uh you know i want to rap over it i'd be like yeah cool and you know we'd work something out where you know, I'll take a really small percentage, like you know, ten, twenty percent, or whatever, and let them take the rest, and I'd I'd be cool with that. But it's just something about when you're when you're making money without credit that that doesn't sit right with me. Whereas, um, you know, if you're putting something up for free, like YouTube or you know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of cool with it or Twitch or, you know, I'm kind of cool with it. So, um, but I know other people feel differently about it and that's why content ID exists. But at the same time, I would hate to be a con- content creator on YouTube, you know, someone who does videos and you're putting someone's music to your video because you like the music and you want to help out the artist or maybe just like the song. And then suddenly you get a big notice that says, you know, uh, we're gonna take a big portion of stuff from you, or we're you know it's just like it doesn't really sit well with me, so I I don't do it. So see,
0: and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the whole tracklist of Mosaic is available on um, SoundCloud. Like on a uh, yeah, so basis?
1: I've started to upload it again because obviously SoundCloud is free. So I've I've started to slowly but surely upload uh, each song on uh, on spotify so if people do want to listen to it like just the audio they can on on soundcloud but um i won't be uploading it anywhere else because again like obviously i can't oh, make money from yeah, it so obvious reasons uh, yeah
0: <laughs> if someone wants to go out and buy a mic or say some musical instruments or musical equipment like headphones or something is there something that you would suggest on a personal level like hey i use this mic and this sounds amazing
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, what I mean, what I'm re- using right now is is pretty much the these are both like the industry standard. So, uh, for listeners, I'm using a Audio Technica pair of headphones. Uh, I can't remember what they are. The AH
0: M fifty X, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the mic is just a sure um, SM seven uh, B, uh, which is like the. Um, standard podcast radio um mic, mm-hmm. um, and they're both like not stupidly cheap but not really expensive. So, mm-hmm. I think the headphones are like uh 150 pounds, and the mic was maybe 200 something like that 250. And obviously, in there's a lot more expensive mics and headphones but obviously there's a lot cheaper ones as well um but yeah i mean for someone like for what i do like i kind of feel like it's quite important to have good headphones and good, and good mics i mean I've, I've got a few mics but this is this is probably my favorite one and um for my voice and for other people that i've recorded like it's a good mic to use not just for voiceovers but for singing as well um so but yeah, I mean in terms of like a source, um just just like doing research and like uh, I know there's a, there's that website called uh what's it called? Um Equipped Board. I think it's called Board. Mm-hmm. Um and on there you can basically see different artists their their equipment so uh it could be like a a guitar player and you can see what guitar he uses and what pedals he uses and what amp he uses but likewise you could look up you know a singer and and what mic they use or a producer and uh what synthesizers he uses and things like that so um so that's a good website but if not and you're just you know looking for recommendations then you know just like watch some YouTube tutorials or, yeah, you know, one. like pro- product reviews and things or, or, uh, or, you know, Amazon reviews or whatever, yeah. you know. So <laughs> chances are, if it's had enough reviews and enough people are talking about it, then mm-hmm. it's it's probably good. So, um, but there's, there's one or two like, uh, YouTube channels that I'm su- subscribed to that do talk about gear and stuff. But to be honest, like, so many of them are a bit like, repetitive and Mm. um and uh you know are more towards like the pro side of things so Mm. I probably wouldn't like recommend it to people because you know some of the equipment is quite expensive and stuff but if you're just starting out and you want a good mic and a good headphone then yeah just like I say just just google it
0: (laughs) (laughs) it usually works yeah just google it yeah so a little birdie told me that you're also starting your own podcast so what's that about?
1: Yeah, so um so basically uh, there's one episode so far yeah. and I'm I'm working on some more but like it takes quite a while. Yes. Um, it's it's uh, <laughs> I've like given myself more work because it's like a scripted thing and because it's um, quite time consuming in terms of putting it together. It, it would make more sense if it was something like this and it's conversation like um I know there's still work that goes behind, you know, conversation mm-hmm. podcasts, but it's, it's more linear and it okay. m- makes more sense, but uh, my, my podcast is called um, Multitrap Masters, and uh, the first episode is on uh, Janet Jackson, Got Till It's Gone. And essentially, I'm just going through multi tracks of songs, so the different stems of a song, so mm-hmm. the drums, the bass, the guitar, the vocals, and I'm kind of telling... Um, the story of the song through the multi-tracks oh, I see. so um for example we've got till it's gone uh the original drum beat is different from the final drum beat on the song so but the multi-track still has that original drum beat in there so i can kind of tell the story of what happens with the drum beat and why it's different and the process that it it that happened to get there um And yeah, I just plan on doing that with different songs. So, you know, just classic songs and taking apart the multi tracks and telling you the story behind songs, because it's really interesting to me because you can really pick apart a song and you can really understand the journey of the song. Uh, through the multi-tracks you know they 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 tell a story and there's there's little artifacts and little um hidden things in there that you might not have heard or um tracks that weren't used in the final record um just you know just hidden things and i I quite like that and it's quite a nerdy thing i guess but (laughs) um but uh, i just find it interesting
0: yeah so multi-track is basically a an arrangement of stems on vinyl is that what it is uh not on vinyl just like um just
1: the the song itself so like now if i opened up fl studio studio, Mm -hmm. opened up a project of a song and i exported Mm -hmm. the vocals and the you know the bass and the drums like the what used to happen was um in in studios they would uh obviously have these huge mixing desks and every single channel was a different instrument Mm -hmm. so you know and and the mix of the song is basically every single you know track uh the volume you know differs on each track and then each track might be uh treated differently so they might uh uh, decide less based on this one, more based on that one. Um, they might put reverb and delay and things like mm. that on certain channels. But essentially, a multi track is the, you know, multiple tracks of a song um, and what makes up the song. And that's what's so cool about, uh, I guess, music production is that it hasn't really changed in all these years. So you can go back to a song from. You know the 50s the 60s the 70s and so on and this basically recorded the same way
0: uh, i see where this is coming from because i personally collect unreleased songs and am like mm, i mm-hmm. see how a song went through multiple demos and then something which is played at a certain festival and then when it actually releases you get to see like how many iterations it went through and what it finally yeah. sounds like it's pretty
1: interesting. yeah exactly it's it's a great tool for and it's a great lesson for learning how a song was made and how to write a song you know if you're if you're someone like me who actually does that for a living it's a great way of understanding how something was recorded um uh not not just uh uh physically recorded but also like um you know what was played and how it was played because when you listen to a song and it's all together you're listening to the you know um maybe like 20, 30, 40 different instruments and tracks all playing at the same time. Mm. So, you know, certain tracks are hidden in the mix that you can't really hear. But if you listen to them in isolation, just on their own, sometimes you could be, you know, really amazed. Like uh, one I've, I've got, um, which really amazed me, is um, uh, Superstition by Stevie Wonder. Mm. That main clavinet um, mm. line that he plays um, throughout the song... It sounds like on the record maybe like one or two layered on top of each other but when you look at the multi track it's something like like 12 or 11 takes Whoa. of him playing the same thing with slight variations every single take wow. and the 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 thing that you hear on the final record is is all of those takes stacked on top of each other and that's what gives it that really funky like uh
0: just you know original sound so that's yeah. so I, I really liked your human nature uh multitrack remix of michael jackson mm-hmm. that that sounds really good i mean that's your signature llr sound but yeah that was amazing
1: y- yeah i mean with with that one it was like um i, I got the multi tracks, and i got them before they'd like leaked online because a lot of these multitracks like you know they different collectors have them and then Uh, which obviously they shouldn't have, but they do. Um, And uh, eventually they all like leak online. But yeah, uh, Collector uh, emailed me that one. And it was like, it's one of my like all time favorite songs. And so I always had an idea, like even I even remember like being like, like 12 or 13 and like having this idea of like, I wonder what human nature would sound like if you changed the drum groove to instead of half time, like full time. So the snare is on the two rather than like the three. Mm-hmm. So that, like, I had that idea like years ago and I never thought that I would actually be able to do that. So when I actually sat down and made that remix, like I knew, I knew how it should sound in my head before I even did it, which is crazy. And that, that never happens. So, and, and again, the, um, that remix, the, um, the lead vocal is a is a alternative take. So it's not the take that you hear on the final record. Correct. It's a, a different take. So and again you would only find that in a multi track. So yeah. It, yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brett. So where can people find you on the internet?
1: uh lots of places um <laughs> i guess uh the main place i should probably take you to because you can find links to everywhere else is my official website so just go on www.louislaroche which is l-o-u-i-s-l-a-r-o-c-h-e dot com uh i have to spell that out because people will get it wrong <laughs> um and on there you can find me on everywhere else instagram facebook twitter everywhere spotify so yeah look, look me up
0: <laughs> great i mean i have my share of misspells and mispronunciations somebody gets my name right. so yeah I, I relate to that
1: <laughs> Amer- americans it's always lewis for some reason americans love lewis and not louis but <laughs>
0: <laughs> well Brett, it was really amazing having a chat with you i hope you had fun as well
1: Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It's been it's been I I didn't know what to expect. But like it paid off. And it's so cool to chat with you. So thank you for having me.
0: Alright, folks, that's all for this episode. I hope you liked it. And if you did like share, subscribe, do your thing. And if you have any questions for me or Brett, just head over to Twitter. As usual, all the usernames and links will be in the show notes in the description below. And as always, thank you for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode.